the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. With the Egyptians, with the Assyrians, with the Babylonians, with the Persians, he judged them. Again, from a human level, we can explain this politically, or we could explain this militarily. This is what happened to the Persian Empire. This is what happened to the Babylonian Empire. This is what happened to the Assyrian Empire. This is what happened to the Egyptian Empire. But there's a spiritual dimension over top of all of this. It was the work of the Lord. God works in mysterious ways. He's over and above human reason and authority. It can be really hard for us to identify from our point of view, but as Pastor Dan will explain in today's message, God has the vantage point of eternity, and he's ultimately in control of the outcomes we see throughout history as well as everything that will happen in the future. The enemy tries to subvert him and cause destruction and pain, but in the end, God has already secured victory for those who love him. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Zechariah chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. So they returned and said, Just as the Lord of hosts determined to do to us according to our ways and according to our deeds, so he has dealt with us. So, so they return. They repent. And that brings us to verse 7. And beginning in verse 7, Zechariah receives the first of eight visions, night visions, that he will receive. And these eight visions are recorded for us in chapters 1 through 8. And we're told the date that he received this vision on the 24th day of the 11th month, which is the month of Shabbat, in case you're wondering. In the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Ido, the prophet. Verse 8, I saw by night and behold a man riding on a red horse and it stood the horse among the myrtle trees in the hollow or in the valley, and behind him were horses, red, sorrel, and white. Zechariah sees a man on a red horse, and as we, as we see in this passage, this man is, is standing among some myrtle trees in the hollow or in the valley. Uh, at, you know, at this point, they're only in Jerusalem, so it's maybe one of the valleys around Jerusalem, maybe the Kidron Valley or one of the other valleys there. We can't say for sure. And we're told that there were other horses with him, red sorrel and white horses. And, and the Hebrew here, it, it's plural. So there's multiple red, multiple sorrel, multiple white. So it's not just three other horses. And it's implied, as we're going to see in the passage, that there were riders on those horses also. 
So you have this man standing among the myrtles. Who is this man standing among the myrtles? Well, down in verse 11, he's called the angel of the Lord. And if you have a new King James version, the phrase angel of the Lord is capitalized because this is an Old Testament appearance of Jesus Christ before his incarnation in Bethlehem. There are several places in the Old Testament where the angel of the Lord is is God himself appearing as the person of Jesus Christ. For example, this is just a few examples. This is not an exhaustive list. Genesis chapter 16 Verses 7 to 14, Genesis 16, 7 to 14. The angel of the, of the Lord appears to Hagar, and the angel speaks as God himself in the first person. And then in verse 13, Hagar identifies the Lord that spoke to her, and she describes him as the God who sees me. And that's, that's the a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus. Uh, Genesis chapter 22 Genesis 22, verses 11 to 15. Genesis 22, verses 11 to 15. The angel of the Lord appears to Abraham and refers to himself as God in the first person. And that's just two examples. There's, there's many other examples where this angel of the Lord is referred to as God or speaks as God in the first person or is called God or Lord. Uh, if you turn over to chapter 3 of Zechariah, Turn over to chapter 3, verse 3. Now Joshua, this is Joshua the high priest. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel, this angel of the Lord. Then an, an angel is capitalized in the New King James. Then he, capital H, answered and spoke to those who stood before him saying, take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. This angel of the Lord just removed the iniquity of Joshua. The angel of the Lord just removed the sin of of Joshua. And no one can forgive sins but God. And so this angel of the Lord is doing something that only God can do. And so this this man here, this angel of the Lord, is, is none other than Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, John chapter one, no one has seen God, but the only begotten son has declared him to us. Right. He's revealed him to us. You know, no one has seen God, but Jesus Christ reveals him to us. And so this man who is standing among the myrtles is Jesus Christ before his incarnation. This is what is called a theophany or a Christophany, an Old Testament appearance of God as a man, or Jesus Christ. And we see here, back in chapter 1, we see that he has some other writers with him. You know, I, I find this striking here. I've not, you know, picturing Jesus here with kind of a posse on horses, not an image I've ever really thought of before. This man among the myrtles with his horse, and he's got some other guys with him on horses, other riders. We don't know who they are. They may be angels. We can't say for sure who they are. But verse 9, then I said, my Lord, what are these? So the angel who talked with me said to me, I will show you what they are. And the man who stood among the myrtle trees answered and said, look at verse 10. These are the ones whom the Lord has sent to walk to and fro throughout the earth. This is pretty cool. 
these these you know beings on these horses, whatever they are, they're they're going to and fro throughout the earth. They're patrolling the earth on horseback. Now, this reminds us, right, that there is a spiritual realm all around us that we don't see. There are angels, there are demons, there's principalities, there's there's powers that's that's invisible to us that we don't see, and most of the time we're oblivious to it, but we're surrounded by it. I'm reminded of the story in 2 Kings chapter 6 where the the Syrian army invaded into the land of Israel to try to capture Elisha, the prophet. And Elisha, the prophet, was in the town of Dothan. And the Syrian army comes down to the town of Dothan and surrounds the city. And Elisha's servant saw the Syrian army outside the city walls surrounding the city. And Elisha's servant, he started to panic. And so Elisha said something pretty interesting. He says to his servant, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. It's just the two of them in the city. They're surrounded by the Syrian army. And Elisha says, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And I'm sure the servant thought, what are you talking about? We're surrounded. And then it says Elisha prayed and he said in his prayer, Lord, I pray Open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. The army of the Lord was there surrounding the the Syrians. The Syrians didn't surround Elisha. The Lord surrounded the Syrians. Again, there's a spiritual realm all around us. You know, uh, in the New Testament, it talks about how at times... Uh, we should show hospitality because sometimes we entertain angels unaware. We don't even realize that we're entertaining angels because they, they appear in, in human form to us. And, and here you have this, this spiritual realm and you have these horsemen that patrol the earth on horseback and they report back to Jesus Christ, you know, what, what they have found on the earth. Look at verse 11. So they answered the angel of the Lord who stood among the myrtle trees and said, we have walked to and fro throughout the earth and behold, all the earth is resting quietly. (laughs) Now they report back to Jesus Christ that the earth is resting quietly. And listen, that's God's perspective. That's God's perspective. Man's perspective at this time in the days of Zechariah is that the earth is not resting quietly. Man's perspective was that the earth is filled with, with uncertainty, with threats, with danger. I mean, here they are, they're trying to build a temple in a city that doesn't have walls or gates. They're sitting ducks for an invasion, for an attack. On a human level, they have no security, they have no safety, they, they, they have to be on constant alert, the earth is not resting quietly in their opinion from a, just a human level. But from God's point of view, the earth is resting quietly. And they can focus on the work of rebuilding the temple. God would say, this is the perfect time to rebuild the temple. Now, we don't have any walls around the city and the Egyptians are right down there. And there's, the Samaritans don't like us doing this. And now everything's resting quietly. Everything's perfect. 
Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app, or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. This is why we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. This is why we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because God's ways are not always man's ways. And here's, what's happen- here's, what, here's what happens, and you know this. Uh, if, if we rely upon our human wisdom, if we rely upon reason, if we draw the line down the middle of the page and write pros and cons, should I do this, should I not do this, here's all the reasons that we can come up with of why we should, here's all the reasons why we shouldn't. If we walk by sight and not by faith, We may not do the things that God wants us to do because on paper it won't make sense. And so we may not do the things that God wants us to do. And at times we may do things that God doesn't want us doing if we just rely upon reason, if we just rely upon our intellect and the pros and cons and and, and walk by sight and not by faith. We would look at this and if we were examining this and trying to make a decision about whether we should do this work or not, we would probably say, There's a lot of good reasons not to go forward with this work. And yet the Lord says, hey, the earth is resting quietly. This is the perfect time to do this work. Verse 12 now. Then the angel of the Lord answered and said, O Lord of hosts, how long will you not have mercy on Jerusalem and on the cities of Judah against which you were angry these 70 years? Remember, they're in captivity for 70 years. And the Lord answered the angel who talked to me, With good and comforting words, so the angel who spoke with me said to me, Proclaim, cry out, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am zealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with great zeal. I am exceedingly angry with the nations at ease, for I was a little angry, and they helped, but with evil intent. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I am returning to Jerusalem with mercy. My house shall be built in it, says the Lord of hosts, and a surveyor's line shall be stretched out over Jerusalem. God reassures the Jews that he's not finished with Jerusalem. Again, the city is is destroyed and has been destroyed for 70 years. And he reassures them that he's not finished with Jerusalem. He he reassures them that the, the temple will be rebuilt. They will complete that work. He says here, a surveyor's line will be stretched out over all of Jerusalem. Now, he's saying, he's saying the city will be surveyed to be rebuilt, right? Now, in Isaiah and some other passages previously, when God described the destruction that would come upon Israel, upon the city of Jerusalem and Judah in particular, he talked about the surveyor stretching out his line over the land to measure out what's going to be destroyed. So that was the last time a line was stretched out over Jerusalem was to destroy it. Now he's saying, now he's saying it will be surveyed for new construction. It's going to be surveyed to be rebuilt. And and remember this remnant that's there. They are only there to rebuild the temple. They're not there to rebuild the city. 
But God has a bigger plan than the temple. He's going to rebuild Jerusalem. He's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all they thought or imagined. We just thought we're here trying to throw together a temple. You're talking about rebuilding the whole city and the land of Judah. Look at verse 17. Again, proclaim, saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, my cities, plural, shall again spread out through prosperity. The Lord will again comfort Zion and will again choose Jerusalem. The the cities of the land of Israel will again overflow with prosperity, he says. The Assyrians, when they invaded the northern uh, kingdom, they systematically destroyed all the cities one by one, tore them down to the ground and burned them. When the Babylonians came in, they systematically destroyed all the cities in the southern kingdom, knocked them all down, burned them to the ground. There are, there's, there's like no cities at all left in the nation. And, and yet here, God, God says the city shall again overflow with prosperity. I mean, this seems pretty impossible on a human level. I mean, these cities have been destroyed and abandoned for 70 years, and they couldn't even get that many people, that many Jews to leave Babylon and come back to rebuild the temple. Only about 50,000 of them came back. How are we ever going to get these cities rebuilt? Seems pretty impossible. You know, in Romans chapter 4, verse 17, it says, God gives life to the dead, and he calls those things that do not exist as though they did. God calls those things that do not exist as though they did. Nothing is impossible for God. Again, that verse says he gives life to the dead and he calls those things that do not exist as though they did. That's what he did for us. That's what he did for you. That's what he did for me. If you're a Christian, Bible says we were dead in our trespasses and sins and he made us alive through Jesus Christ and and God through Jesus Christ and through his death on the cross and his resurrection. The Bible says he's caused old things to pass away. And he's made everything new for us. He's given us new life. And if he can give new life to people, he can give new life to cities and to a nation. And he says here, the Lord will again comfort Zion and will again choose Jerusalem. God was not finished with Jerusalem. There's all of these prophecies left. There's prophecies that are still future for us about the city of Jerusalem in the last days. And and, and for the Jews who've gone into captivity you know, they're thinking, well, what about all these unanswered prophecies? What, what, and with the city's gone. The temple's gone. God's not finished. He's not finished with Israel. He's not finished with the Jewish people. His promises remain. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. I have a future for you, he says. I have a hope for you. I have a plan for you. I'm not finished with you. And remember, the reason that Jerusalem was destroyed and the temple was destroyed and they went into captivity to begin with was because of the rebellion of the people, because they were stiff necked and they were hard hearted and they refused to repent and return to the Lord. And now the Lord is saying, I'm going to rebuild it all. I'm going to make it all prosper again. I'm going to rebuild my temple. I'm going to rebuild Jerusalem and all the cities. But he doesn't say, but I'm going to do it with somebody else. Not you, bozos. I tried you. I'm not going to go through that again. Now, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for good and not for evil. I have plans to prosper you. I have plans to give you a future. I have plans to give you a hope. Now, that brings us to verse 18. And in verse 18, Zechariah receives his second vision. Then I raised my eyes and I looked. And there were four horns. Now, horns in the Bible are a symbol of strength. In this case, it's military strength. He sees four horns. And, and I said to the angel who talked with me, 
what are these? And so he answered me, these are the horns that have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Now remember, the kingdom was divided into the northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah, and then you have the capital city of, of Jerusalem. These four horns, we're told in verse 19, represent the four world empires that scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. So that would be Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, and Persia. Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, and Persia. And the Lord showed me four craftsmen. Isn't this interesting? And I said, what are these coming to do? So he said, these are the horns that scattered Judah so that no one could lift up his head. What was the name of that band? (laughs) Toto, right. So verse 21, what are these coming to do? So he said, these are the horns that scattered Judah so that no one could lift up his head. But the craftsmen are coming to terrify them, to cast out the horns of the nations that lifted up their horn against the land of Judah to scatter it. Here's here's what he's talking about here. God used these nations. He used Egypt. He used Assyria. He used Babylon. He used the Persians. He goes on uh, to use the Roman Empire in the New Testament. He, He used these nations to chasten Israel. Politically, this is what God will do. He'll use one nation to chasten another nation. He used these nations to chasten Israel. But those nations went too far in their cruelty. They, they went beyond what God wanted them to do, and they, they mistreated the people of, of Israel. And we have a saying, give a person an inch, they'll take a mile. And, and these nations, they took a mile from Israel. And heathens, non-believers, uh, will often push too far. They'll often go to an extreme. Instead of having restraint or, or, or kind of a measured response that others can accept, they'll, they'll, they'll try to force you to go way beyond what you want to go. I don't want to go that far. That's a common thing still today. Just, you're just pushing too far on this, way beyond what's acceptable. And, and that's what these nations did with Israel. They just, they just went too far in the way that they treated God's people. And so what God is doing now, he, he's raising up these craftsmen We're not sure what that is, whether that's other nations that he's going to use or is it something on a on a spiritual level that he's going to use. But the the idea here is, you know, these are skilled craftsmen. It's all by design here. And God is going to judge these nations that mistreated Israel and the Jewish people for the way that they treated Israel and the Jewish people. And in the New Testament, Jesus tells us in the Olivet Discourse that nations And at the end, when Jesus Christ returns, he will judge all the nations in part based on how each nation treated Israel and the Jewish people. And so this is what he's going to do with these nations. And this is what he did with these nations, with the Egyptians, with the Assyrians, with the Babylonians, with the Persians. He judged them. Again, from a human level, we can explain this politically. Or we could explain this militarily. Well, this is what happened to the Persian Empire. This is what happened to the Babylonian Empire. This is what happened to the Assyrian Empire. This is what happened to the Egyptian Empire. But there's a spiritual dimension over top of all of this. It was the work of the Lord. It was God doing it. He asked me how I know. And I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Zechariah, one of the Old Testament books of prophecy. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. God's Word can speak to you in a variety of ways, and it can reach you in a personal way too. If you'd like to hear more messages from this series, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. While you're visiting our website, you might be interested in learning more about the church that supports this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. You can even come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, visit calvaryec.com for details. You'll also notice a tab for giving and a tab for serving opportunities. Make sure to check those out and think about being a part of this ministry and the church as a whole. If you have questions, please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. Or feel free to connect with us through our website. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.